Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, guys? It's your boy Dylan at Thunder Chats here. Coming to you on behalf of our sponsor, betonline.ag. Being this is a Believe Podcast Network, we've got to go to the one tried and true constant sponsor of BetOnline. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info and odds. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's odds for the Masters Championship and the start to the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so join today. Learn why everyone is saying BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wedge wager to wager on popular sports and games bet online where the game starts i know i messed up but i'm keeping it in hope you guys enjoy the pod Guys, Dylan, once again from the future, once again on the first watch. Uh, just brief explanation, our pod ended up being so long that we decided to split it in two for you guys. Um, so, you know, last pod we talked about the end of the season, what it means for the tank, and then we talked about our big board, the draft prospects, and you know, players that we might, we might have, you know, the 15 spot, the Clippers big stuff like that. In this pod, uh, we're opening up with a tie tie Washington conversation, and the guys asked me my opinion on that because I'm such a huge UK fan. And, uh, yeah, we bleed right into Twitter questions. We cover a lot of stuff in this. So, uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoy it. Appreciate your continued support. And I'm up. All right, boys. Well, hey. I, I do I do have one question, though, um, right. on this before we get into Twitter questions. Because he's a Kentucky guy, how do you feel about Washington? And where is he going to fall? Should he even consider coming back next year? Uh, Not he's, as a he's, he's already declared. <laughs> But no, oh, I didn't I, realize he actually declared. But. Yeah, no, he he declared. I'm pretty sure he with with, an, with agent. an agent, right? Yeah, he, he signed yeah. an agent. Um, no, man. I mean, it, it's like he said at the end of the year, uh, or he said today or yesterday. I can't remember. He said at the end of the year, he was nowhere near like 100. percent Like some games, he felt good, but like that Auburn game where he like really messed up his ankle, he was never really able to bounce back from that in terms of uh, his high level of play. So you know, he definitely left a bad taste in people's mouths. I personally think he's still not ready, um, you know, in terms of scoring. You know, he's already undersized. He doesn't play a lot of defense. Uh, the thing that sucks is he was played out of position at Kentucky. You know, that's not something new that Cal does. He he puts players out of the comfort zone so they can learn to be better at other areas so they can be more complete player, be more complete players. Like, that's that's not anything different. But – you know, that's probably going to be a position in the NBA as being a point guard. And we only have one game sample size for how he was successful with that. He had 18 assists. I'll give him that. But it was against, like, you know, like somebody in, like, the MAC or the WAC or, you know, one of those conferences or something like that. So, I think he could have benefited from coming back. But he's still probably projected to be a lottery pick. Uh, he's probably a guy that could go on, you know, just, I guess, looking at take on, like, 
the Pelicans could probably use a guy like him, a guy that can go out there and get a bucket, you know, be a microwave off the bench, initiate the offense, something like that. Like he, he probably still has a role in the NBA, but I, I think that he has to fill out his body a little bit more. He has to, you know, lock in more defensively. But in terms of like his shooting, like he's got a silky smooth stroke, and I think he's got a, you know, solidly high basketball IQ. It's just everything else he's really got to find. I tell you, man, like when you give him any other any other prospect, it's like a one or two sentence blur. But when you give him a Kentucky prospect, well, I know more about him. He's gonna give you the biblical reference of, of their life at Kentucky, like <laughs> blood types, like six cousins, family trees, genealogy. Why, how why long don't, why their Achilles tendon is? Why don't like, you have a UK podcast? Oh, bro, that, I don't got time for that. Honestly, I'm not even as into UK as much as I used to be. Like, before Thunder basketball, like, all my Thunder energy used to be UK energy. I knew about recruits coming in, like, two years from now. I knew about, like, wow. you know, graduate transfers, all that crap. So, like, yeah, this this is where my energy is, guys. I'm Thunder Chats for a reason. I'm not Wildcat Chats, okay? <laughs> it doesn't sound as good. Definitely doesn't. Yeah, but, no, I mean, and also, like I said, I haven't – fully dived in like I haven't talked to you know all the draft guys or anything like that like I have my eye test I have you know somewhat general consensus of what people are feeling and that's about it like I watched up close and personal Ty Ty Washington Oscar Sheeblay you know that that's it those are the UK draft guys so yeah so if you easy. if your name was Wildcat Chats you'd probably lose to a 15 seed all right, so we asked for Twitter questions, <laughs> and you guys showed up. I like it. I like it. <laughs> and uh, so I'm, I'm not going to try to order these in any safe fashion because I'm just trying to change the subject. At Sarah Rebuild asked, who's your sleeper team for the playoffs? Who surprisingly gets bounced first round? God, why, why did that have to transition perfectly in what Jerry just talked about? Okay. <laughs> and also, what's the best-case scenario for Russ to end up? Uh, my sleeper team for playoffs is the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. Ooh. I like how they're playing. They're playing together. They're they're playing nasty. They're playing with some tenacity on the defensive end. Uh, the and, Patrick Beverly effect. Patrick Beverly, Jerry Vanderbilt. You know, shout no, out BBN. Cat stepping up. Ants playing great. Delos playing good. Anthony Edwards. Anthony yeah. Edwards. Like they they got they got some hoopers, man. I'm just saying, watch out for them. I'm not saying they're going to come out of the West or anything like that, but I'm saying they could, you know, push push a team that's unexpected to like seven games or something like that. They could play spoiler. So, yeah, I got the T Wolves. I got the Maps. I think they can make the Ooh. finals. Oh, nice. Yeah, spicy, like spicy. if they, yeah, if they, if they, they peak at the right time, that's that team's so dangerous. It's stupid, and they just have enough young, stupid guys that can make it happen. It's just, it's weird like that. Then I hate the Mavs so much, but God, Luca's so good. All right, Moles, what about you, man? Can I have two? Can I pick one in each conference? We make our own rules, Moles. Go ahead. All right. All right. So you pick the four seed in the West. I'll take the current four seed in the East. Philly, I just think that Embiid could could take over. Um, I think that they could figure stuff out. It could be it could be a really 
interesting path for them. If they beat Toronto, I, I think that, you know, Miami doesn't want any part of them. I think that Philly would be able to match up well with them. That could be a very, very dangerous run. Obviously, I know a lot of people are going to say Brooklyn and all that, like whatever. Um, and then in the in the West, man, Denver, like if they there there's potential that they could get Murray back, right? In mm-hmm. the playoffs. And and if yeah. they get Jamal Murray back, like that's that's such a shot in the arm. I mean, that's a top 20 player. And when he's on fire, that's a top 10, top eight type of player. I mean, just remember last year when him and Mitchell were going at it in that series, like who's dropping 50 tonight, you know, in the bubble. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean that that's like being able to give Jokic that type of support, that Denver team. And granted before the season started, I picked the the Warriors to win the finals. I still think the Warriors could, if Curry could come back healthy and all that, but man, that Nuggets squad right now, they're the sixth seed. They can avoid the play in and all that stuff. And they, they're a dangerous cool. squad, especially if they could get healthy. Yeah. And as far as the Nuggets go, you know, I know Murray might be coming back, but wasn't Michael Porter Jr. slated to be coming back soon? Or did he have a setback? He had a setback. Yeah, I heard he that too. Setback. Yeah. Now, let's see here. Uh, no, those are just questions. Yeah, because I remember uh, there was a report in February Woj reported that he was clear for on-court contact and he was eyeing a March return. Obviously, it's April, so like, well, there, there must have been some kind of setback. I'm just wondering, you know, how much of a setback it was. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people are talking about, you know, a full-strength Clippers team, but, like, a full-strength Nuggets team could give the Warriors, who Curry's not playing right now, I don't know if he's even going to be back in the first round. Uh, Draymond hasn't been the same since he came back from injury. Clay hasn't been the same since he's come back from injury. Like, the Nuggets could seriously give the Warriors some problems, um, even if Michael Porter Jr. doesn't come back. And they just have Jamal Murray back, Jokic, Aaron Gordon, you know, all the role players, you know, pitching in, like – Will Barton. I mean, it's, yeah, they'll. No, Denver's my, Denver is my next pick for sure. All right, Denver so is my next pick. So we're talking about teams getting first rounded. Like, I, I think that I'm I'm going Denver Warriors. Uh, I guess that's that's where Jerry's going to. Anybody else have another team that might get first rounded, like a surprise first rounded? Dang, I just got skipped. Dang. Well, I said anybody else. Go ahead, Alex. Come on, man. Oh, did I not say? No, I'm talking about my surprise team. Oh, what's your sleeper then, man? I'm sleeping. My sleeper is, uh, I mean, Thunder fans are going to want to hear this, but it's the Clippers. Uh, Like, you know, yeah, this, yeah, I know, I know, but, you know, you get Paul George back, you get, you know, Norman Powell back, you get, you know, you still have that entire squad of veterans that kept that team afloat uh, for the, the majority of the second half of the season. Um, even if you have a little spark of, hey, Kawhi might come back, I think that's enough to propel them to, you know, if they mess around and let's say they win the, the let's say they win the first round playing game, and they're the number seven seed, uh, they're gonna play who? Memphis. Memphis is they're, yes. they're playoff neophytes right now. You know they're yeah they're playoff neophytes they're they're playoff newbies and so, you know they get into a seven a second a seven gamer against the Clippers. Um, you know, say what you want to say, but this is like, like when, when teams went to the bubble 
like for instance, a lot of people talk about the title that the Lakers won in the bubble. A big reason for the title, you know, a big reason for the for for why the Lakers were able to win that is because Anthony Davis had like four months off that he was able to rest and recoup. LeBron had like four months off in between, you know, the regular season and the bubble that he was able to rest and recoup. Paul George has had like four months off. Norman Powell has had like three months off. Like these guys are going to be fresh, a lot fresher than anybody else that they're playing against. Um, and so, you know, they, they do, you know, everything is in line for them to surprise some people and not necessarily surprise themselves because they know they're a good team, but surprise some people based on their seating. So they're my surprise team. I mean, I, Alex, I definitely see that, you know, even if they draw Phoenix, how do we know that Chris Paul is going to be really ready and he's going to be up to the snuff uh, in a, a series against them. If they get all those yeah. guys back, like Kawhi, like Kawhi, if if they make it to that spot, Kawhi could very much just like be like, okay, I play. You know, Apple man, <laughs> Apple time, let's go. Why'd you like, make him sound like Vlade Divac? I know. I'm like, well, so I mean, Take this man <laughs> the I don't I don't know, man. Like I, I can't talk to you. Oh, I like get uh, 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 a fun guy. Um, so like, I, I think like, honestly, we could be at a, an eight upsetting one spot again, like back in the, the, like the old school days. So I don't know, man. I I think the Clippers, Clippers are dangerous. I think Alex, that's a shrewd pick. Yeah. They got to get past my Timberwolves first. So anyways, uh, let's move on here to the. Our, our first round upset. So me and Jerry picked Nuggets Warriors. Just uh, try to be quick with this to finish this out. Uh, Moles, who you got? Alex, who you got? Go ahead, Moles. Go ahead first, Alex. I'm going first every time. Um. So I, I think uh, you know if uh, <laughs> if if Brooklyn if Brooklyn gets the seventh seed, or if even if Brooklyn gets the eighth seed. I could see Brooklyn, you know, first rounding Miami easily. Yeah. Well, yeah, especially with Kyrie being able to play at home. Like that's yep. that's the biggest that's the biggest, you know, uh boost out of any team right now going into the playoffs. So and then Ben um, Simmons that, that, comes back. That, yeah, but but Miami, Miami, you know. Last last quarter of the season, they they've had a couple uh, hiccups here and there, especially with team chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, team chemistry shows its head in the playoffs very very brightly. Um, and so, you know, we'll see if uh, if that blow up that they had a couple weeks ago, if that's something that they were able to kind of get over, or if that's something that's still lingering in that locker room. That and they've been featured back to back days on Purtle, so just gotta throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. I, I would certainly want to play Miami over over Milwaukee. Yeah, Are definitely. Yeah. Well, yeah, you don't gotta play the one seed over the yeah. over the two seed. All right, Moles, who you got? Yeah, Brooklyn. 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 All right, uh, and, I, and I think I think Brooklyn could first round either one of them so you know if they win if they win the first day you know they they're the number seven seed so they play milwaukee i think they can they can first round them i think brooklyn is a wild card 
you know, we haven't seen, you know, Durant and Kyrie playing too much this season. I think they're they're definitely wild cards. All right. Uh, at JPMCD711, Joshua McDonald, he says, Wendy's staying in OKC. We've already addressed this, so just wanted to, you know, recognize your question. So we definitely talked about that earlier. But moving on, at OKC Celtics says, where do you project this team to stand lottery-wise next season? Um, I've, I've literally started every question since we started the pod tonight. So I'm going to go to – Jerry, because we haven't heard from you in a second. Yeah, uh, probably not in the lottery. Woo! Yeah. Bold take. Yeah, well, and that's just – there's a lot of variables that go into that. So, that's something that I think whenever, you know, people say certain things like this, um, it's it's under a lot of different conditions. So, one of those big conditions is – everybody plays the whole season. Um, so if we stay healthy, uh, I don't see this team being in the bottom five in the West, um, especially with some of the moves that could potentially shake up the West this year. Um, I mean, there's Donovan Mitchell rumors, there's Lakers, you know, are going to have to make some big moves here. Uh, the Clippers, they don't have everything in the bag yet. So it, the Blazers are blazing the wrong way um so i just yeah i think that this team could um not end up in the lottery that's that is that is bold my friend but all right i like it uh maddie moles what you got yeah i think i think we're hovering around the play-in i think we're around like the nine ten seed next year we certainly have a way to go get somebody if we want to at the draft before the calendar year turns, we have to use that cap space soon. Otherwise we're going to not have any um, because of Walker. And then of course, SGA's extension kicks in. So that's huge. But um, I, I, I think like nine, 10 range next year is where we're going to be. If everybody stays quote unquote healthy, <laughs> right if we don't um if if we don't just uh pack it in and i think we're going to be competitive i think you know we'll be in an 82 game season i think we'll be hovering around 32 33 ish to 37 38 wins maybe on the high side so um somewhere in there depending on how things fall all right about you else I think we we hover around the six seven eight mark, you know, like not not in the playoffs, in the reverse. Yeah, days. yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I, I think that's where I also lean as well. Just short and sweet and to the point. That's that's where I lean too. So, uh, moving on to at tenth Manon, I guess that's how you say it. Why did it take Trace along to get verified on Twitter? Tenth man on we- probably. No, it's got an I am, sir. Thank you. I can oh, okay. read. I mean, okay. as 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 Giddy said, you got to be able to hit the free throw to to get that thirty. You know what I mean? Thirty piece. <laughs> can we just talk about I, for a second how like Thunder Twitter banded together and like made this happen? <laughs> yeah, it was like this is an outrage. Like the, everybody was at in Twitter, and like within like the next day he got verified, and he even thanked that like, same day. Yeah, yeah. He 
he he he didn't thank Thunder Twitter specifically. He just said thanks Twitter fam. So you know we'll we'll take that as thank you Thunder Twitter. <laughs> and you're welcome, Trey Man. Daggone it. Uh, sticking with Trey Man, here's a question from RG RJ Orozco Orozco RGO Rosco RGO. Anyways, why have I always felt like Aaron Wiggins was a taller Trey Man? Sir, I don't have answers for you. They don't. They, they're not similar at all in in their looks and their play style. Anything like that? I'm so, I'm sorry. I, I just can't get behind you on this one, guys. What What do you think? I mean, I think it might be the like the the Dort Derek Favors thing, where like you know they kind of you know one looks like a giant version of the other one. Yeah, but one's tatted to the max. One's got the blonde got the blonde patch in his head. Oh yeah, I know. Come on, man. Hey, when you're sitting when you're sitting in Loud City, you can't see those details, man. Maybe he's sitting in Loud City. Okay. Maybe. I'm sure you've watched the game on your TV though when you see him. So <laughs> um all right. Uh let's see here. Moving to let's go to sh- at Shea underscore media. Go ahead, Maddie. Go ahead, Maddie. Okay, yeah, go ahead, Maddie. Go oh, ahead. I was just gonna say, uh, I don't know if I don't know if you guys listen to Bobby. I don't I don't know if you guys listen to Bobby Marks like team uh overview for the the offseason or whatever but he highlighted the thunder and he he mentioned trey man as a core piece of the thunder he did not mention pokashevsky even though he was on the graphic um so he said that we had the four guys you know shea dort giddy and trey man so pretty pretty big uh getting a core piece of our of our team there in the late teens in the draft. So Trey Mann is that dude. I, I just thought I would throw that out there. And worth worth a listen if you guys want a little primer into the offseason for the Thunder. Bobby Marks on YouTube. Handshake emoji. Me and Bobby Marks believing in Trey Mann. <laughs> just, just held up a handshake for those of you who don't know. So, uh, at Shea underscore media asks, when did the Thunder really first to start rebuild now this he doesn't mean like kd rebuild he means like you know this iteration of the rebuild so um let's go to let's go to alex here alex uh when do you think the thunder first started rebuilding um so uh, you you said it i'm gonna go ahead and go with it july 4th 2016 oh really okay yeah like everybody like i I understand you know nobody wants to point you know we had those couple of seasons with russ and they were pretty good Russ and PG, they were pretty good. And then we had the surprise season with Chris Paul. But I think once Kevin left, I think everything was put in motion to start to get to the point where we're at now. Even though we got PG and we re-signed PG, as we now know, we re-signed PG with the caveat of, hey, if it doesn't work out, let us know and we can go ahead and trade you to somebody that has a lot of assets. And they kind of knew that once that domino fell, the next domino, Russell Westbrook, was going to fall also. And so I I think the rebuild itself, if if we're going to point to a a point in time where it started, was July 4th, 2016. All right. Hey, I like it. I like the take. Has anybody got a different take? Uh, I'm going to say the Paul George trade is that big, fat elephant in the room that you know really just pushed that forward I, I don't think that we were trying to rebuild you know what I mean we were I, that fat I think, two in the morning elephant 
Yeah, I, I think three in the opposite, morning for me, sir. Yeah, I think I think the opposite was actually going to happen. I think that if Paul George, you know, stuck around and Russ stuck around, you know, with a few of those other pieces that we had, um, that you know, Sam was probably going to go all in and really shove some chips in the middle uh, to, to make that team happen and to bring in some different pieces. Uh, I mean, hell, he even tried to pull some like weird stuff. You know, we had a Morris brother on our team for a little bit, um, which, which was just weird as hell. I mean, we had Mello on the team for a little bit, weird as hell. Like he was, he was trying to do some different things with that. So I, I think the Paul George trade is definitely what was like, yeah, uh, here comes the tank. And then just the, the Chris Paul season was just like a, oops, uh, did I do that type of thing? Um, definitely think that that's, yeah, that's when it officially started the rebuild. Yeah, before, before like Molska, just because you said that, I was going to say the Chris Paul trade really for me because, you know, we thought the rebuild was coming like right, right away, you know, once first the Paul George trade, then I think the Jeremy, the Jeremy Grant trade was next. Yep. And then after that, it was the Russell Westbrook trade. And, you know, from there we had Steven Adams, you know, we brought in Shea, we had Chris Paul, like, you know, we wasn't expecting a lot. We expected Chris Paul to do a lot of load management. We didn't think Shea would be as good as he was like all these different factors. And, you know, then they surprised us. We was better than anybody expected. Any of the fan bases expected. And, you know, we, we went to the playoffs. We honestly were in position to win game seven. Uh, despite how terribly we played, you know, Lou Dort is one shiny moment with the, you know, 30, 30 something points in the playoff game in game seven there. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, after that season, when we traded Chris Paul to the Suns, uh, we traded Schroeder to the Lakers. Um, and, you know, we traded, uh, we traded Steven to the Pelicans. Like we really broke up the core pieces of that team and, you know, made it Shea and the young guys. And I think that was really when the rebuild started. See, I, I think the rebuild started July 4th, 2016. I think the tank started when we traded Chris Paul. It's fair. It's fair. Well, little, little verbiage difference. I understand. Moles, uh, do you have any different answers than what we just gave? No, and I think that um, I think that Presty saw this path and knew what these pivot points were going to be and knew when to put pressure on different avenues for us. So to get guys that you knew that you could be able to rehabilitate and to basically recoup assets for, I think that Presti kind of knew that this was coming even before the party in OKC when, um, when Paul George signed his extension and Brian Wimmenhorst almost fainted on national television when they were doing the, the free agency thing on ESPN, like what, four years or, or whatever. Like, um, so I, I think that Presti knew all this was coming then. Um, I think that's very interesting, Alex. I'd like to challenge the, the thought though, because we did extend Oladipo and Steven Adams to pretty large deals that seemed at the time to be immovable. So like that seems like it was the first crater like to start, but like I don't I don't know like that that to me felt like he was still like he was still wanting to uh, 
to go all in and just build around Russ. And it wasn't a, a rebuild moment. It was a retool moment as uh champagne. Jerry is, has on the deal with it sunglasses <laughs> right now in the chat. That's exactly what they are. Just deal with it. Um, no. And yeah, I, I, I don't know. No, I think that the Chris Paul thing was a complete accident. <laughs> to be honest with you, <laughs> I thought it was just a complete accident. So, um, yeah, yeah. Chris Paul George trade is definitely what did it. Screw you guys and your opinions. The Chris Paul George trade, famously. All right. Yes. Uh, at Shay underscore Step asks, how do you see Dort with this team if BPA are players like Sharp, Ivy, and Griffin? So basically, he's saying. If it comes to the position, if we add a Shaden Sharp, Jaden Ivy, or AJ Griffin to the team, how do we see Lou Dort's fit? You know, if you add those guys in your guards or one of those guys, Shay, Giddy, Trey Man, and Dort, like, do you think that, you know, Dort's still there or like, you know, what do you, what do you guys think on that? I'm going to go, I'm going to go Moles first here. Well, no, then, then, then I'll go. Wow, uh, Moles, your voice has changed tremendously. Yeah, it's definitely way sexier. Um, no, uh, to me, Lou Dort's still untouchable. Like, the skill set that that guy has, these young guys aren't going to be able to replicate. Like, I, yeah, I just I just don't see it. Um, Lou Dort's here to stay. Deal with it. Okay, so Moles. We get AJ Griffin, Shaden Sharp, Jaden Ivy. Is Dort expendable, or do you think he still fits on the team? I I think that Dort is probably not in the cards for us long term, regardless of those guys. And this is why I say that he's going to command. Stupid, because you're stupid. <laughs> That's why he's going to no, command seven, 17, 18 million a year probably for his extension, right? Unless, well, it's what, four for 58? Is that what the, the thing is if we pick things up and we keep him? But if if we don't pick up options and he goes um, he goes into free agency, like who knows how big that could get? No. I just don't know if we're going to be able to make the salaries work because this year sucks for us salary cap-wise. This next year but it frees up after that. So if, if we want to maintain flexibility, I, I, I think the fact that we ended up with Giddy actually but, is more of a detriment to Dort than anything else just because of where the positional fit is going to be long-term. Dort eventually, if we hit on these stars, right, Dort might be like a bench player and what Dort provides us the most isn't that off the bench. So I I don't know. I, I think that the fits already started to work itself out. And that sucks because I love Dort. But a lot of what he provides you with his scoring punch, and they're, they're trying to throw me off with all the things um, <laughs> in the video. His scoring punch of late has required him to be a ball handler and be a facilitator mm-hmm. on offense and all of those things. And that just doesn't fit with Gideon Shea long-term because those guys require the ball. Jerry, so, Jerry, 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 before, before you pop the wet vessel, hold on, hold on. I I'm got sorry. You. I got you. So 
I, I, I understand both sides. Like, I think that if there's like a trade that you can't pass up and they're asking for Lou Dort, like, yeah, like Dort's expendable. But I think that, like, you know, like you were saying, like, you don't want to play Dort's value coming off your bench. Marcus Smart came off the bench for the Celtics for years. And he provides a lot of, you know, what Lou Dort could provide both on defense and offense. Um, you know, maybe Dort's an even better shooter than Marcus Smart at that point. You know, um, obviously, you know, we have a guy like Trey Mann coming off the bench and, you know, the offense is going to move more through him. But Dort's shown that he can play a little bit off ball as well. So I, I do think that there's still room for him, you know, if he was moved to the bench as kind of like, you know, a sixth man, like defensive stopper. You know, a guy that doesn't necessarily start games but closes a lot of games for his defense. Um, but at the same time, I'm completely open to moving him if it means, you know, we like, like, say hypothetically, we get Jaden or Jabari Smith Jr., but we really like Shaden Sharp. And, you know, there's a team that's like, you know, we'll give you this pick. So you take Shaden Sharp, but you got to give us Lou Dort and pick third. Sorry. Dort's gone in my eyes. <laughs> So many different options here, right? So many what ifs here, and uh, the, and I'm sorry, Moles. Like the narrative with him, like, oh man, you know, he he has to be ball dominant. You know, how's he gonna fit with those other guys? Can we look at the freaking lineups that he was ball dominant in and what he was having to do during those times? I mean, let's add the right context to this because that's what everyone's trying to like look at just his raw numbers and not understand like. Really and truly, if you look at like most of his time with the team, right? He's been on lineups that have been no stars with him or very little stars with him for most of the season, other than, you know, the Chris Paul season, right? Next year, Shea was out pretty much the whole year, didn't have anybody else, all right? Giddy and uh, Shea were hurt at the same time for those couple weeks whenever Lou was like, just hooping and just putting up, you know, 20 something shots a game. So I think there's a lot of context to be said there with that. And I think that with, with Dort's skill set and, and Dylan, I think you said this probably the best way or better than what I could is he has a lot of value, maybe not as a starter, but he has a lot of value in closing games and just being that, you know, that point of attack defender. Um, And then I think about the other piece of it, which is um, uh, his contract. All right. Everyone's always talking about his contract. He's not going to get more than like 13, 14 million a year. He's not, not in today's market. He just won't. I just don't see it. If you just look at the way that that players like him have been scaled down over the last couple of um, of seasons, you know, since that new CBA, they've been right about in that area. They haven't been closer to that 20 mil range or anything higher than that. So that's my piece on it. That's why I almost had an aneurysm. I'm sorry, but I'm just very, 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 very. Um, you know me, I, I, I freaking love Dort. You I just, love Dort and you hope he's doing well. I, yeah, like I just I, think that I, he's that good. I agree, but let, let me let me maybe counter with this. So I think that you may be underselling him. Dort as a free agent. Where would you rank Dort as a free agent compared to where Jeremy Grant was as a free agent 
when he chose to go to Detroit? I would personally have him under Jeremy Grant. But Jeremy uh, Grant got the bag. He got a big bag. To go well, to think Detroit. of, but look at, but it wasn't because of his time with the Thunder. The reason why he got well, that bag is well, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, yeah, he he was on the he was it, on the Nuggets when he got paid, yeah. And it's a very similar type of role, right? Like paying him based on potential what he could be if he got a bigger role. Yeah. I think that they are they're in a similar arc for where Dort would be in that next deal as a free agent compared to where Jeremy Grant was as a free agent. Yes, the Nuggets wanted him back. He wanted a bigger role, though. He was going to get the bag regardless from one of those two teams. Yeah, I think Dort's... that thirteen million a year is selling it under under his value. I think it's closer to sixteen, seventeen, maybe even eighteen million a year. I just, I, I don't but, see it. Not yeah, yet. and I think it goes back to the conversation. Like you know, and we'll close this part with this because we do have a couple more questions we need to get to, and we've almost gone two hours. So, um, I, I think it also goes back to what we talked about with the draft, like. You know, there's guards and there's bigs all over the NBA. But you can sign, like, usable guards, usable bigs in the NBA. The wing position is the position that's coveted. And I think that's ultimately why Jeremy Grant got the bag like he did. Because, yeah, they might play, you know, quote-unquote the same role for each team. Um, the difference being, Jeremy Grant was, A, on a winning team. But, A, Jeremy Grant's foot ten, Lou Dort's foot three. Like, Jeremy Grant's a forward, he's a wing, Lou Dort's a guard. Like, you know, they – they uh, offer different things, and what Jeremy offers is, um, you know, teams covet that more than what, you know, Dort might offer. I'm not saying that Dort's not going to command, like, a strong market because he very well could. I think there's a lot of teams that like to have a guy like Lou Dort, but uh, I, I don't think, you know, it's as night and day as it may seem on the surface. But, uh, you know, kind of moving on in here, so uh, key – I think I think his name's Keenan as well, uh, but at OKC wins. He actually asked the question, keeper trade door. I think we covered that in extensiveness right there. Uh, yeah. He talked about most underrated prospect fit-wise for this team. I think we pretty much covered that when we was talking about our big board discussion and stuff like that. Um, one free agent you love to see the Thunder go after this summer. I don't think we're in position to be signing free agents at this point, but I'm just going to say bring Hami and Kevin Knox to play with Shingos <laughs> Alexander, make it happen reunite the seven or the five i guess we still need vando and pj washington um and then lastly uh is the new batman overrated have you guys seen the new batman movie no i don't watch pretty movies. good i like it alex chimes in for the batman <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah no i i liked it um spoilers or yeah if you haven't seen it wait you guys haven't seen it i'm not gonna say that i'm just gonna say the movie was too long I think that they could have cut it at a specific point and it would have been a near-perfect movie. I think that they kept it dragging on, added unnecessary things, and it took away from, you know, the first two-thirds of what was a really good movie. So that's what I got to say about it. Yeah, I didn't mind too much about the time. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say last movie I saw at the theater was the the Jackass Forever movie, and it was fantastic. It was perfect in the way it was. So. Oh, let me tell you. you get a so chance. Me, go get that one in your life. Let me tell you. So I'm not a huge, like, wrestling fan, but, like, this weekend, you know, my, my brother-in-law, Anthony, you know, 
original member of the pod. Montero. He, uh, yeah, Montero. Uh, he had a uh, he had WrestleMania, and so it was a Saturday and Sunday event. And on Sunday, I believe it was Sunday, um, might have been Saturday. They had the Johnny Knoxville mm-hmm. was fighting somebody, and like man, all Same the shenanigans. Yeah, Sammy Zayn. All the shenanigans that uh that he did on there, that that was hilarious, man. That that was that was good. He yeah. had the, he had the big hand slap slap Sammy Zayn. He had you know Sam, you know Sammy Zayn being slammed into a table full of uh, uh mouse catchers, and it was it was all good, man. It was it was hilarious. Yeah, I and just just gotta stick on that. I just gotta shout out my boy Pat McAfee putting on. Uh, been following Pat put on a show, man. Yeah, been following McAfee ever since he was at Barstool. So he's a uh, electric factory. He's he's one of my favorite guys in the entertainment business. Got the Stone Cold Stunner. Yeah, it was an honor. Yeah, he, 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 he took the he took the beer shower and got the stunner. So yeah, shout out McAfee. Um, all right, we just got a couple more questions here, guys. Um, we'll just make this really quick. As the Zach Segrist, I think is his name. Uh, one says player comp for sharp. What's the ceiling? I'm just going to say, I think a ceiling's high. Um, if you go to NBA draftroom.com, they actually have player comps and what their comp was is uh Brandon Roy. So I don't know. You know, there's a lot of people who don't remember Brandon Roy. Brandon Roy was a killer. Like I, Brandon Roy was one of my favorite players watching the NBA. Um, obviously his career got cut short because of his knee issues, but if we was able to draft a Brandon Roy, I would not be mad in the slightest. Uh, what do you guys got? For, okay with that. What do you guys got for a sharp comp from what you've seen of this high school day? <laughs> uh, he looked like a good player. I mean, he's, he's out there dominating high school. I mean, I'm not. That's, I mean, that's what I see on the tape. Like, I don't. I can't really. As far as making that doing a, a player comp for somebody that's in high school, it's kind of difficult to extrapolate what's going on in high school versus what will happen in the NBA. Um, but, I mean, what I see is a guy that's six foot five, six foot six. Um, he's able to, you know, he's able to get to his spots. He's able to shoot. He's able to get to the rim. He's athletic, you know. So those are usually pretty good, you know, pretty good starters for a player that's going to be pretty good in the NBA. And Brandon Roy was a thick boy. Like, he, he was, like, he was built – and he was able to he was able to take a little bit of punishment too, even as a, a shorter guy compared to who he was taking it in on. Like Roy and and Odin could have been a thing if health would have uh, yeah. not and gotten away. Like Damian that could have been there too. There was there was a there was a timeline where that Blazers squad was going to be really really good. Like you know, you talk about health and all that, like that's, that's obviously a thing that plays a role, but Brandon Roy, I think is a very interesting comp. Um, I, I'm interested to see what like the workouts and stuff are going to be when he gets into one-on-ones and all that stuff against guys in the, the draft lead up and to hear what that looks like. But mm-hmm. uh, that's I th- interesting. I think if he just does workouts, like and if he like really wants to like, you know, pursue the draft and he like goes to workouts. He's like, there's definitely going to be a team that falls in love with him. Like maybe at the five spot. Like, I mean, who knows? There might be somebody that likes more than Jaden Ivy because 
his game's made for workouts. Like, he's a guy that can go out there and just shoot the crap out of the ball, and he's a guy that can jump out of the gym. Like, that's that's all you need to see in, you know, individual workouts. So, uh, I, I think he would be great at that. But uh, moving on to our next question here, we got – okay, last one here. So, at oh, – last one on Twitter. We have one one guy that uh, asked us a Reddit, Reddit question. At Ethan SGA Clax says, who do you think will make the finals – and let's just make this quick so we can move on to the Reddit question. I got Suns Bucks repeating. What do you guys got? Yep. With a different result. Oh, the Suns pull it out. Chris Paul gets the monkey off his back. Devin Booker becomes a winning yes, player. DeAndre yes, Ayton says, "I need a max." Okay, I like it. I, I'm sticking with it. I got, I got Warriors over Bucks. Okay. Uh, hey, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go bold here. I'm going to stick with my preseason prediction. I think the Lakers are going to really come together and put together. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. So, on a lowered uh, expectation. Yeah. So, on Reddit, uh, 2007 was the bestest, says, what does the 2023. 2023- 2022-23 season look like for us. We kind of covered that already. Uh, he also says who's on the top of your draft board this summer. We literally just did a draft board. So the last question we have not talked about. Um, the Utah Jazz may be blowing up this summer. Should the Thunder be looking at any pieces to add to the team from Utah if everyone becomes available? And I think there's one name that we're all thinking here, and that's Donovan freaking Mitchell. Spider. Let's go. Spider-Man's always been my favorite superhero. So hey, let's bring him on. Yeah, mix a little hey, Kentucky so, guard play. So if if we're I mean if we're gonna be trying to get somebody off of off of Utah without expending too much capital, why not Bogdanovich? Instead of Mitchell or in addition to Mitchell? Well yeah, well I mean no no well I mean so Mitchell is the he's the golden calf. You know, he's the oh wow, you know, we want that. But, I mean, he's going to take so many assets. Like, he's going to take at least four or five draft picks. And God knows if they're going to ask for Gideon return. You know, so getting Bogdanovich may not take that much. It may take just literally one or two firsts and and bad firsts at that. Um, And then maybe, like, you know, give him back Utah's favorite son, Derek Favors. Yeah. That's not a bad idea, you know, especially if, like, you know, Mitchell forces his way to the Knicks or something like that and it just becomes a fire sale. You know, that could be a way that you could pick up Bogdanovich and also pick up a Nikhil Alexander-Walker, you know, bring the Cousins back together. You know, oh, Cousins. We definitely don't want Gobert, right? Like, even if we don't fall right here in the draft, we're not interested in his skill set at five. I I want a guy that can play in the playoffs. (laughs) Well, and I want a guy that can shoot a little bit. Like, I mean, Duran, you know, for his upside, like, could potentially help us without a jump shot. But, like, I ideally would like to be able to have a, a center that can shoot. Like, both man, be, that's – He'll be 30. Like, Gobert will be 30 by the time the draft hits. That's also an interesting point. Um Bogdanovich, man, that's a very interesting thought. I haven't even given that much consideration. That that's that's a way that you can get into like kind of semi push chips in to say we're trying to be competitive. Yeah. Yep. 
and sticking with that thought process, uh, somebody I forgot to mention that I wouldn't mind grabbing at that 15 pick, uh, Christian Braun out of Kansas. Um, dude's just knockdown shooter, you know, really showed out in the championship and in the tournament. So I don't know if he goes high as 15. I've, I've seen him as high as 15. I've seen him as high as 30 or as low as 30. So, you know, that's another guy. Like, you know, we, we talk all the time. We need more shooting. We need shooting around Shea. We need shooting around Giddy. Like, you know, this that, that's an archetype that you need. There's plenty of ways to get it, whether it's in free agency or in the draft um, or, you know, like we just said, by trade. Like, so, you know, let's make it happen. It really feels like 10 through 30 is pretty flat in this draft class. Yeah, I've heard a and lot of draft people say, like, from 15 to 35, it's like – it's like if you pick this guy at 15 cool i don't blame you yeah so yeah it's it's gonna be fun but you know guys we've we've been going a little over two hours now like we covered all kinds of crap we covered covered the rest of the thunder season we covered other teams we covered the draft we covered kentucky basketball we covered batman extensively Kentucky basketball. Yeah, so, I mean, we've, we've talked about it a lot. So, uh, this this is where we bid our adieus. I just want to thank our listeners for, you know, listening to us and, you know, continuing their love and support, uh, you know, showing out on their questions, both on Twitter and Reddit. I want to thank uh, Alex, Maddie Moles, and Jerry for coming on the pod with me for two hours on a Thursday evening. And, uh, yeah, just want to say, hope you all have a great night. God bless. Uh, wear a mastery you need to. Vaccinate if you have not. Hoop when you can. I won't be able to hoop this weekend because my wife's taking the kids to uh, the Lego Land in Ohio, so I'll be on Nova. Hey, nice. Yeah, it'll be fun for them. You know, it'll be cool to chill Nova, but no hooping for me. So, get back at it next week. But uh, you know, like I said, guys, hoop when you can. As uh, and as always, most importantly, thunder up. Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.